Thank you for joining us for live paranormal radio. From the paranormal to the unexplained, it all happens here. It all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in our live video chat 24-7 with our live paranormal radio show hosts and other like-minded people. Live. Paranormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by Full Interaction Media. Stop by now and join the fun. Stop by now and join the fun. It's Raising the Vibration, right here on the Live Paranormal Radio Network. We're at LiveParanormal.com. Please join us there. or at one of our affiliates, iHeartRadio.com. Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podomatic, Player FM, Blog Talk Radio, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, I'm your host, Sheena Muddle. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister and the founder of RaisingTheVibration.org, a nonprofit movement of peace, love, kindness, and unity. I'm a 27-year talk radio host, and this is Raising the Vibration Radio. Um, When my mom passed... Uh, Friday will be six years. I wanted to do something to carry on her teachings, both spiritual and humane. And uh, one day I got the hit from spirit that I should start a nonprofit movement of peace and love and kindness and unity because those were things that she felt and that I feel the world needs more of. And certainly now in our world more than ever, we need more of that. This radio show, which was the first outreach of that movement, is about all of those things, but it's also about ascension, evolvement, inspiration, and yes, I doubled up this one, love. Um, are you ascending? Are you raising your own vibration? And then are you using that to evolve as a spirit and as a human being? And once you have amassed both the ascension and the evolvement, Are you using those things to inspire others? This show basically is about what are you doing to make the world a better place? What is your passion? What is your service? And how are you using both of those things to enhance everyone around you, right? I love that that, uh, saying, when you get to the top, send the elevator down and bring up 20 people and just keep bringing them up. That's, That's what life is supposed to be about. Everything that we learn, everywhere that we grow, is supposed to play into the whole to help others to be inspired to do the same. So every week on the show, I bring on guests from my spiritual world, from my entertainment life, from my nonprofit life, and we talk about just that. And this guest today is certainly no exception to that. He's a wonderfully gifted minister and speaker and spreader of joy and love and fighter and survivor, and I adore him, and I don't know what the world would be without him, and I think we are all blessed to have him in it. And if you know him, then you know exactly what I mean. Even my wonderful, fantastic staff pastor position at Founders Metropolitan Community Church, I owe to this wonderful man. He understands what it's like to bring others up and to help others to grow and ascend, to play into the overall vibration, which is such an important thing, and the reason really that we all are here. So please welcome to Raising the Vibration today. Back to the show, my wonderful friend, Reverend Steve Peters. How are you, sweetheart? It's so nice to to hear your voice and picture your beautiful face. 
Oh, I'm doing fine. Thank you, Sheena, my friend. And so good to be on the show with you to hear your voice. And I know you feel the same way I do, right? That every single thing that yeah. happens to you happens to you so you can inspire other people. And if we're not I, I, sharing our triumphs and our agonies with people, right, so that people can learn and grow yes. from both or sympathize or empathize yes. or realize they're not the only one out there going through something. Um, exactly, yes. Then why are we here, right? I mean, that's how we're here. Right. To spread love and joy. Right. That's, that's exactly. the, the main reason we're here. And, exactly. um, and you, right, you just keep loving and just keep inspiring and <laughs> just keep showing up and making yourself available. And I think that's, that's a big part of it, right? I try to. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely try to be there, you know, and I'm looking forward to being out and about even more than ever uh, now that, uh, uh, you know, we're all feeling a little freer to get out there and, and, uh, even take off our masks in some places and, and uh, trust uh, that we are not going to um, be infected with whatever is going on in the world, let alone <laughs> right. COVID. I mean, right. you know. Right, whatever the next absolutely. variant is. Yeah, exactly. and I think we're with, exactly. and I think with that, we're learning to trust in a lot of ways because I think that we have lost a lot of what my mama used to call our people skills from not being yes. around people and not being out. We've become very introspective, which I think was good for us as a whole because there was work we all needed to do. But now I think it's right. important that we get out again and show the world exactly. uh, that we're here and that we are um, here to help others and we're here to inspire yeah. and it's also just fun to get back to fun things because I think we all need that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's funny because there's, there's so many exciting things happening in my life these days and, and sometimes uh, I have had moments of feeling like, oh, but the world is in such crisis right now and we're at war and, and uh, we're, we're almost at war. I mean, there is a war going on and, and people are suffering horribly and, you know, da, 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 da. and who am I to be talking about all these exciting things that are happening to me, you know, but, but a friend reminded me it's important that we have the joy too, because the joy is healing the fractures and the wars and, and all of that. The joy and the love are healing tools that we have uh, in this world that is broken and, uh, Absolutely. That has so much conflict right now. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're allowed so, to feel good yeah. about your life. Someone brought that up, I think, yeah. I think on one of my radio shows last week. You're, you're allowed oh, yeah? to feel good about your life. You're allowed, either yeah. that or it was my web TV show. It was one of those last week. You're, uh -huh. you're allowed to be happy. You're allowed to love. Yeah. Everything doesn't yes. have to be so awful. And um, that's right. I think that's that. Right. So I know I tell this story on the show all the time, but now I'm going to tell this because I know you fought uh, for years with AIDS, so you spent a lot of time in hospitals. Yeah. I have a That's friend right. that when I was in my 20s was diagnosed with um, end-stage breast cancer. And basically every time uh -huh. we saw her, we just kind of said goodbye to her. And I'm sure people did that with you too. Yeah. You know, not literally, oh, but absolutely. figuratively. You thought this is the last time I'm ever going to see yeah. her. 
And then she yeah. just miraculously went into remission and got better and, and never got sick well, again. And one time, years yeah. later, she was doing my radio show, and she told the story that when she was in chemo, um, the first day she was in chemo, a woman came, a volunteer came, and had made cookies for everybody and was bringing cookies, right. and she reached out to take a cookie, and the woman next to her said, oh, don't take that cookie. You don't know what's in that cookie. You don't know what that woman's done <sighs> to that cookie, and basically this whole thing. So after, um, after the chemo session was over, the nurse came up to her and said, you know, I know it's your first day here. I have to tell you something. I see a lot of people come and go, and, that, and you're going to live. She said, I know you don't think you're going to live, but with your uh, attitude, you are going to live. And that woman uh-huh. who was so upset about the cookie, she may not because that's the kind of attitude that doesn't help you to yeah. heal. And sure enough, my friend went into remission, and that woman died. So, wow. you know, you have to, even when it looks the darkest, right, you have to find yes. a way to find the light in the darkness. Absolutely. Or you're in trouble Absolutely. because that's all we've got, right? Yeah. All we have is hope. Yeah. Uh, all of us, you know, I, I just said the other day my friend is really sick and I've been, you know, coming over to hang out with her the last couple of days and help take care of her. Mm-hmm. And I just ran into her neighbor out front and he's like, I don't know how she does it. And I'm like, man, sh- she lives on God and love. And I think you too, my friend, yes. for many years, right, just lived yeah. on God and yeah. love. Oh, God, that's right. That's right. I was so very sick with AIDS and two kinds of terminal cancer in the 80s. And, and uh, you know, I, I, there were many dark nights of the soul in my life back in those days. But, you know, I am so grateful for my faith in a healing, loving God, a God of life. Uh, and a God of healing who teaches me that, that uh, you know, hope is, is so important and hope is, is the, the, the best thing to fight. Hope and love are the best things to fight uh, fear and anxiety and, and, and death-defying, or not death-defying, but death-dealing uh, diseases uh, that are life-threatening but don't have to be uh, terminal uh, every time. You know, when I was yes. first diagnosed as terminal um, in, uh, in 19, I was I had been sick from 1982 with what was then known as GRID. Uh, that's what AIDS right. was known as back then, gay-related immunodeficiency. And, and in 1984, I was uh, I was uh, diagnosed with uh, stage four lymphoma and Kaposi sarcoma, and I was given eight months to live. I wasn't supposed to live to see 1985. And um, I had a doctor. I still have her. She is my primary care physician, Dr. Alexandra Levine. And she told me, you know, there are no 100% in medicine. And even though now it looks like everybody's dying from AIDS, uh, who has it, um, the, the fact is, is that there, are, it, there is n- not everybody is going to die from AIDS. And if one in a million survive it, why not believe that you are that one in a million and then act accordingly? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I did, and I set out to, I mean, there, were no, there was nothing written back then about surviving AIDS or about wellness for people with AIDS, but there was a lot written about wellness for people with uh, cancer and healing uh, around people with cancer. So I studied all I could, and I put together my own wellness program. 
And I was determined to turn this around. And, and uh, I still had a lot to go through with an experimental chemotherapy that nearly killed me. It did kill a lot of other people and, uh, you know, caused me to go blind and be paralyzed on my left side. But you know what? I got well. In 1987, I was well. And my cancers were in complete remission. And, uh, you know, I had 20 years of good health from then until like 2008. And I, and I started getting sick again. And then, I, and then I got really sick in 2012. I'm not sure I knew you back then, uh, but uh, I, I, was I, I think we had. I, yeah, I, I knew you then. Met. We met yeah. at our mutual friend Allison Arndam's birthday. Um, yes, the year that we went to the Chinese restaurant and Robin Tyler was. Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. I yes, want to yes. say that was maybe 2010 or 11. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. so we, I knew you then. And I remember well, how sick you were, and I remember how scary it was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was very near death for for six weeks. I I hovered near death, and I actually had three near death experiences in those six weeks uh, to go with my wow. two near death experiences from the '80s. So I've crossed over sure. a number of times, and and I've come right. back. They just keep yeah, sending you back. Is there something wrong? They with just keep sending, they just me, keep back, sending you know, you back. until I get it right. <laughs> but uh, no, I you know somebody once asked me like because I always talk about how absolutely incredible it is on the other side, the incredible yes. peace and the, the love yes. that surrounds us all and how, you know, I was terrified of dying alone. And I discovered in my first near-death experience that we're never alone. You know, even when no. we think we're alone in the body, we're not alone in the spirit. We have spirits no. all no. around us who are, who are keeping us I think us the company. only time that, that we're ever alone is when we are entangled in some way with people who harbor a lot of negativity and darkness inside of them. I think you can be more alone in a room full of people who uh, have a hole inside of them than you ever are by yourself. Mm -hmm. You know? I know. And even then you're I not alone because you have spirit with you. You're just allowing well, yourself that's right. to believe that you're alone. I mean, I think exactly. that... Um, there are times where, 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 one, where I do feel terribly alone, where I have felt terribly alone. I don't right now, but, uh, you know, there have been times, certainly. Um, and there were times during that period in 2012 when I felt desperately alone. Um, and, you know, when I, I learned a long time ago, back in the 80s, when I was so sick then, uh, I had these long nights where I was all alone in my bed. And, you know, I've, I've only once had a relationship, and that didn't last very long at all. And so most of the time I've been sick, I've been alone in that bed and, and, and uh, so terribly alone. And, you know, I, in those, those Nights, I would oftentimes invite Jesus to be the lover of my soul. I would invite Jesus into my bed to hold me. And, um, you know, to me, I, you know, I, in some ways, I'm a pretty traditional Christian, I'm afraid. Uh, <laughs> that, that scares some people. But, you know, 
Oh, I don't, I don't think so. And it's, many different, and it's funny because I find you to be extremely metaphysical, but I also find Christ to mm-hmm. have been extremely metaphysical. So, yes, um, yes. I think oh, that's one to of the follow I've Christ loved about is, you. Yes. That I feel that way? Yeah, I feel to love mm-hmm. Christ is mm-hmm. to embrace your metaphysical self as he embraced his. Yes. Yes, exactly, exactly. And, because and, he, was, uh, you know, he the, was a smart, uh, his spirituality was smart. I mean, it made yes. sense the same way that metaphysics is a kind yes. of science, right? And it makes sense. Yes. And, um, and it yes. was very, and it was all based in love. So it's funny when people talk about, oh, this and that and this belief. I'm like, really? Have you read the Bible? Because Jesus was a pretty good I know. physician. I know. He really was, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that's the whole point of the resurrection, I think. I, I mean, you know, even, uh, you know, if God is greater than the death of Jesus on the cross, which I believe as a, as a Christian, then God is greater than anything that separates us from the love of God, anything that, that keeps us from being fully alive, even in the face of disease and death, uh, we can be fully alive. And, uh, you know, I, I've had the experience many times of being near death and feeling more alive than I have ever felt. Um, and uh, it, it's really an incredible thing to put those two things together. But another thing that I wanted to talk about with you, Sheena, is, is you know, this concept of healing. We talk a lot about right. healing in the, in the context of, you know, uh, getting well from breast cancer or recovering from ovarian cancer or recovering from AIDS. Uh, But there's, I also served for five or six years at the Chris Brownlee AIDS hospice uh, and here in Los Angeles. And and, uh, my experience was that there were people who, did the work of healing, even though they were in their, on their deathbed. They continued to do the work of healing, and they healed into death. And I began to try to, well, I, I discovered I had a gift for helping people heal into their death. And what does that mean? Well, what is the work of healing? It's healing your yeah. relationships, seeking forgiveness, offering forgiveness, um, being at one with God, being a, a lover of other people's souls, you know, um, being uh, just just being close to people and helping people feel that peace that passes all understanding. And I think that that is extremely possible in, in dying. And there are people who rail against their deaths and, you know, and, and, and they have every right to do that. And, and they, they approach their death just clutched up like this. And they, they die like this. Ugh. Right, and there right. Are people who just sort of float into their death, you know. So... There is healing into yeah. life, but there is also healing into death. And I've been very yeah. fortunate that I was able to heal into life several times. 
uh, over the last 40 years. But um, I have also seen the power and the, the, the sacredness, the holiness of the space where people heal into death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. And I think that okay. um, there's no sense in fighting it, right? I mean, my mama, man, right. she couldn't wait to get out of there fast enough. They said, oh, you know, mm. hospice could take, you know, palliative care could take three months. And three hours later, she was singing with the angels. She was like, how fast <laughs> can I get the hell out of here? Right, but right. When, when my grandfather was dying. Body. Yeah. Exactly. When my, when my grandfather was dying, my father's father, he stayed in a hospital bed at my aunt's for months and months. And he would scream and yell out loud like, uh, that's not true. That's a rotten, filthy lie. <laughs> Who said those things yeah. about me? And my mom would, yeah. I was about 11, 11 at, the, at the time, and my mom would sit and laugh. She'd say, oh, my God, Pop's arguing with St. Peter trying to get in. But, uh, uh, you know, uh. he, he, but it makes you wonder, right? Because I'm not a person who's really about judgment. That's a concept that I think is more human than spirit. But I do yeah. believe it, everything that's been explained to me is that when we pass, there is an evaluation period. And, mm-hmm. you know, just like it would be at the review period at the end of year for a job or for school, whatever it is, right? There's an evaluation where you kind of look at your life and sit down with spirit and figure out what was good and what do you need to work on the next time and, you know, what what did you take from it? And I do think those that know that they have done things, um, I believe that they um, are terrified uh, because yeah. they don't want to have to explain to spirit. It's one thing down here when nobody, it's, you know, it's, it's one thing throwing a party when your parents are out of town. When they get home, you have to explain to them why the China's broken, and that's a whole other thing. So uh, exactly. I think that there are folks who don't, like when I act, I act in thinking about what are the spiritual ramifications of what I'm doing. But people that don't, mm. right, they just play down here like it's, like it's a drunken bender in Vegas, um, they forget that at the end of the time, there is a responsibility to have a little chit-chat with spirit and figure out, um, you know, what, what, what was the summation of your life? What did you do? Yeah. And I think about that every day. And I always say when I talk to clients, Steve, that your life doesn't have to be about service. It's not required. Uh-huh. But uh, but I do feel that it that it is what spirit appreciates. I mean, we have free will down here, right? We don't have to do anything. We are given free will. Right. But everything right. that you do, you should be thinking about, how can I make the world a better place? What What does this mean for yeah. the world? Who am I making smile? Yeah. Even if it's just one person. Yeah. It can just be something yeah. for one person. But it exactly. has to be... You have to think about every action, and that's the science part again, right? Every action mm-hmm. has an equal mm-hmm. and opposite reaction. That's a so, reaction. Yeah. Right. If you put your negativity on a waitress at a restaurant, then where does that negativity mm. go? Does she put it on someone else? Does she, is she not as friendly of a waitress at the next table? That negative energy, right. it, it, it stays where it is. And it goes, right. and that's why it's right. so important that we just raise the vibration of the positivity all the time. 
And it doesn't mean you have to become a minister. It doesn't mean you have to become a monk or, you know, live a life of pure holiness. But it does mean um, think about what you're doing and are you doing things that help other people. And, um, you know, my father was very self-focused. And he he had a very hard time at the end, much like his father screaming at St. Peter. Um, Mm -hmm. And... At the end, when he was talking the day he passed, we didn't know he was going to pass the day, but he was in the nursing home. He was fighting, you know, like I think I t- told you about last time you were on the show about the, the, mm-hmm. black, the black things that told him he had to go with him and the, the white things yeah. that said he didn't have to. And my mom yeah, got very upset after that. that. And she said, I don't understand, like, he didn't murder anybody. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe the judgment is just, maybe the eval- part of the evaluation is, what did you do while you were here that wasn't for you? Because maybe mm. if you just live your whole life for yourself, when you get home, right, spirit's kind of like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what did you do for other people? <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. yeah. It's like if you, yeah. if you ate all the Girl Scout cookies yourself and then wanted the merit badge. They're like, I don't, I don't know. Did you really <laughs> sell the cookies? Because <laughs> we never saw anything. I think, right. I think it's something that has to do with that, right, that, that – yeah. Where is the love? Where, where is the you being a part of the whole? And that's why I love people like you that just naturally get that idea that, um, I mean, you, you could be somebody who say, you know what, I spent all that time in the hospital. I spent all that time suffering. I survived decades of AIDS. Now, I'm just going to do what I want to do, and I don't want to do anything for anybody else. No, but instead, no. for you, it was always was about a becoming life. a speaker. Well, I agree. Right. I agree. And it's still like that, right? right? You you spread your yeah. even what you've been going on with you in your entertainment life in the last year and some. Yeah. You you're yeah. spreading you're spreading the love, right? You're, it's your ministry. That's right. That's right. And you know, during COVID, when the lockdown happened, I had just started writing my memoir. And I Beautiful. and my friend Allison, our friend Allison, you know Allison Arnold, mm-hmm. um, she she told me, you know, uh, we need to find a job to do while we're locked in um, to our homes in this COVID time, and and I decided that writing the memoir was my job. And that was mm. the way that while I was cooped up in my apartment by myself, I was going to sit down every day and write about the amazing grace that I have experienced in my life and all of the dark days that led to the, the days of, of sunlight and, and, uh, and grace and, uh, and healing and love and um, it it's just it was such a valuable exercise to go through that, and now we're coming out of COVID, and hopefully, you know that we're 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 beginning to see the end, or at least the beginning of the end mm. of, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Uh, our COVID times, and uh, and so I'm getting back out there again, and I I am getting this book prepared, uh, this memoir. It's in the hands of a literary agent. Now we're looking for a publisher. And what do you know is happening in my life? I'm suddenly getting all of this publicity and coverage over Great. The, Great the movie, for books. The Eyes of Tammy Faye. 
you know, and, yeah. and so it's all coming together. And, and what it's about is not about aggrandizing me. It's about, it's about spreading the light, spreading the healing. Uh, you can't keep it unless you give it away, you know, giving the love, giving the peace that passes all understanding and helping people experience that through my story. I think stories are so important, all of our stories. And it's so important to share our stories because that's where we find, um, you know, the keys to understanding, the keys to that peace, the keys to that healing that can happen. Uh, I agree. So, no, so I just saw Isaac Tommy say, if we yeah. can talk, talk about that for a minute. Oh, yeah? um, sure. I just saw it last week. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. A couple things, really, and first of all, the guy who played you, I was so excited. He did you so well, and that, <laughs> that made me very happy because sometimes yeah. films will take weird liberties, and you're like, what? He really got your right. energy, and I love that. But yeah. this is what I yeah. took away. Thank first you. of all, I thought the film was brilliant. I thought Jessica was brilliant. Uh-huh. I hope she takes the Oscar because yeah. she deserves it. Um, oh, God. But can we say, I, I carried that movie around with me for days. I oh. felt so bad for her because I really felt yeah. like Tammy Say Baker in that group of people, right? Right. And I'm not going to get all feminist on you and talk about men, but it's no, not about no, men, no, but, no, it, but, okay. but that is a very okay. patriarchal world, right? Evangelical Christianity yeah. is a very patriarchal yeah. world, very patriarchal. but even her mother, right? Exactly. She was surrounded yeah. by Christians, and can you hear my finger quotes whooshing through the air? But she was oh, yeah. really the only really true Christian in that group because she was encompassing the ideas of Jesus, which were community, connection, love, inclusion. She was the exactly. real Christian in there, and everybody kept yeah. knocking her for being yeah. a real Christian. And I think my mom was what she called herself a teachings of Christ Christian, because she always wanted to differentiate between the giant religion and what she felt uh-huh. Jesus really was. And I just yeah. feel like Tammy Say's story probably is very simpatico with anybody who is trying to, yes. to be a pure soul and follow the actual, uh, the actual teachings of Christ and not toe the party line of the institution. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. how she suffered for it, right? And she and how she indeed. suffered for yeah. just being an open channel. She wasn't trying to take it all over. She wasn't trying to show what a big feminist she was and she could do it on her own. Right. She was just every right. day trying to spread love and joy and follow the path of life. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and, and she, and she I, I mean, in the beginning of the movie, you see how she as a child suffered because of, uh, you know, just feeling like an outcast uh, and like mm-hmm. she was so different and, and she, was, she, she didn't feel loved the way that she, I think, needed to feel loved. And, and so she, as an adult, understood what it felt not to be loved and to be mm-hmm. put down and outcast. And so she reached out to people who were down and out 
uh, and she and you know a gay man with AIDS in 1985 was considered to be down and out uh, by especially in her world of televangelism uh, you know AIDS was God's punishment right for homosexuality right. Mm-hmm. and homosexuality mm-hmm. was a sin and and uh, the homosexual agenda as Jerry Falwell puts it uh, put it in the movie, um, you know, was was uh, running rampant and ruining America and all of that. Well, she mm, said, mm-hmm. no, they're just people, you know, we're all just, we're all made of dirt, you know, and, and, and we're just people and we're all, we all need love and acceptance. And so she invited me on her program as the first time a televangelist anybody in that world reached out to a gay man with AIDS and she happened to reach out to me and, um, and I trusted that she was going to be accepting and loving and encouraging and compassionate. And she was, and uh, you know, I just somehow knew that it was going to be a good thing. Now, at the time, I didn't think I did a very good job. And I remember telling my friend Lucia afterwards, we, uh, we got home, I got home, and, and I was telling her about the interview. And I said, oh, I should have said this, and I shouldn't have said that. And I'm like, God, I'm so sorry I didn't say this. And, and I'm so glad no one I know will ever see this. <laughs> <laughs> but right? it turned into this vehicle of grace. In, in mm-hmm. I mean, a powerful mm-hmm. vehicle that I had no, I mean, if, you know, it's the butterfly effect. The butterfly flutters right. its wings and a hurricane happens across the world, you know. Right. I, I threw a pebble of love into the pool that Tabby Faye was throwing a pebble of love and understanding and acceptance into, and that pool has rippled out. I've heard from so many people through the years who have said that that interview changed my life or it saved my mm-hmm. life. Uh, I had yeah. somebody come up to me not, not all that many years ago who said uh, I, I was 12 years old at the time of that and I was going, seriously contemplating suicide because I knew I was gay at, even at 12. And, and, um, I saw your interview, and I knew that I didn't have to kill myself. Wow. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. It yeah. Lives. Yeah. And I had no I, idea and I, that you God know, would use it that way. Living through that time and living, growing up in Orange County since I was 13, uh-huh. which is, was very conservative in the 80s, under the veil mm. of the Trinity Broadcast Network, and boy, did those oh, two God, rip yes. off the, the bakers. Oh, my oh God. They my were God. like a Baker drag show. They, I couldn't believe when I, I watched Isa Tammy say, I was like, oh, my God, those two. Um, they just, yeah. they copied everything, even the even her doing the yeah. puppets. I, I, right. Shocking. Exactly. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm feeling so out of place in that world because I hadn't been raised yeah. by, I was raised by a smart New Yorker who was a secret metaphysician and psychic. You know what I mean? I didn't, I was not raised to be that judgmental, but I was watching it with a friend who had grown up in that world 
and did have a parent mm. that that was very anti-gay when my friend came out and did pull the whole, mm-hmm. you know, it's God's will and Ronald Reagan mm-hmm. says and all that stuff. And when I saw that interview, mm-hmm. that's exactly what I said to my friend. We watched that film. I said, um, I said, um, uh, how many people that secretly knew they were gay in the church, but didn't even sometimes know what to call it, saw that interview and thought, oh, my God, there I am, and everything got a little bit better. And I yeah. think, I believe there was a part of Tammy Faye that knew that. I think about it in yeah. the film, and if you haven't seen the film, spoiler alert, so here we go. The scene where her mom comes uh, to the studio, and it's the day where the guy's talking about penis pumps, uh, and the right. mom is so angry exactly. about the penis pumps, and her thing was but kind of yeah. like, but this is a problem people have, and they need to know that they've uh-huh. helped. And I think exactly. that was just sort of her attitude towards everything was, but somebody needs yeah. this. Somebody needs this cooking mm-hmm. show segment. Somebody needs this. And I, I think mm-hmm. that somebody needs this song, like whatever it was. Exactly. And I think yeah. that was actually the, because, you know, think about Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus kind of wandered around with buddies from town to town and wherever they got, Whenever they got, whenever they got there, somebody needed something, right? One town had lepers. Mm-hmm. Another place, somebody needed fish. Right. Another place, somebody needed wine. Right. And he just kind of right. healed. And I think yes. that is what true ministry is, right? And you can do yeah. ministry every day and not call yourself a minister. Absolutely. I think people that run Absolutely. nonprofits are ministers. You're, what you're doing is oh, you're just yeah. being about the world and helping people. And I was I was very impressed with her, and I, I almost felt during the film like the reason that she got so beat up by all of them was it's kind of like the emperor's new clothes, right? If if, if you're right. if you're whole, if you're towing that party line in the institution, and you're profiting off of people's fear of things being a certain way, and then somebody else comes in and changes the static quo, status quo with this, doesn't Jesus just love everybody? Doesn't God just love everybody? Boy, are you yeah. in trouble because you rock the are boat. Are you ever in you know? trouble? Right, exactly. And I feel like exactly. she never really got the ministry that she deserved. And she never no. really got, because, you know, she didn't need him. She could have done it on her own. Not that he wasn't good at what he did, and I guess that he ran the business mm-hmm. and then ran it into the ground. Right. I, it's nothing right. against him. It's just that it just, I was so shocked to really discover how many of the ideas were hers and the plans were hers, yes. but how much of the, just the genuine yeah. nature of all of it came from her. And, we're, um, exactly. It's, it's just a I'm very, so glad um, that Jessica Chastain, I, I'm so glad that Jessica Chastain made this film. I mean, she bought oh, God, the, me too. The, the rights 10 years ago or so. And, and, and developed it and and nurtured it and brought it along and and she wanted to show that Tammy Faye was not this SNL cartoon character you know she yes. wasn't uh, uh she wasn't a smear of makeup on a t-shirt she was a real live human being who who was appreciated who appreciated how different people can be from each other and how that's a wonderful thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a wonderful thing that this world has such a diversity of creation. 
uh, that there should I agree. be LGBTQIA people in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, and, and I agree. And I think that's that. Yeah. Well, and she, and, it, the know, film was put uh, together beautifully. Oh, cast beautifully, yeah. and you could tell that she mm-hmm. put a lot of heart and love into that character, that she was not yeah. – sometimes you can feel exactly. if an actor's yeah. portraying somebody that they really don't like or they think is a joke. Uh-huh. And you could tell that Jessica right. really got really got her as she portrayed her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And how wonderful it's been for you and that it, you've developed a nice little friendship with her, and she's – She's been oh so supportive God. of you, yeah. and like you're like a little celebrity to her, right? I mean, that's that's kind of interesting. I bet you never thought that would happen. It in your really life. is. No, I well, you know, I grew up wanting to be a famous Broadway hoofer. I wanted to be a song and dance man, and and uh, and make my fame and fortune through theater and film and TV. And then, you know, God had other things in mind for me, and sure. I felt the call mm-hmm. to the ministry, and. Uh, and I left behind all my dreams of becoming a famous actor and becoming famous and, and just decided that mine was to be a life of service uh, in the LGBTQIA plus community. And I started working for MCC in 1977 and have not looked back. And, you know, what do you know? Here I am all these years later. And I'm actually more famous than I ever thought I would be. And I have, I have been, you know, yesterday I went to the Oscar nominees luncheon as Jessica Chastain's so awesome. date. And so awesome. It was, what? I said, that's so I'm awesome. Sorry, that's so lovely. I know. I'm sorry. It I said, was just incredible. It was just yes. incredible. And, and I was astonished to find that people knew who I was. Jessica and I sat down for lunch at a table, uh, at the table we were assigned. And, and uh, Peter Sarsgaard and Maggie Gyllenhaal sat down next to me. And Jessica leaned across to them and said, I want you to meet the Reverend Steve. And before she could get out Steve Peters, uh, uh, Peter and, and Maggie said, oh, we know exactly who he is. We've always wanted to meet you. We've known about you for years, and, and your ministry and your activism has been so important in this world. And, I mean, all wow. these different people at the Academy, all these Academy Award nominees knew who I am. <laughs> and you know what? Fame has not solved all my problems. Fame <laughs> has not, uh, you know... I, I mean, I, yeah. I, when I was growing up, I thought being famous would mean I would no longer be lonely. I thought being famous would mean I would, I would be remembered forever. Well, you know what? I won't be remembered forever. And I'm, I, I'm not any more popular now than I was before all of this attention happened. Um, and I am fine as I am. And I don't need all the things. I mean, it's a lot of fun, and it's, it was a real hoot to go to this event with Jessica yesterday. And, I mean, oh, my God, did I ever think anything like that would ever happen? I hoped it might, but, you know, it, uh, anyway. <laughs> oh, forgive me. I just tripped off on, on all of that. And, uh, and no, what we're please. talking about it's so is wonderful. being of service. Well, and, yeah. and, and, you know, I realized that, that I could be of service there too. 
You know, I, re- I don't know if you know who Reverend Elder Nancy Wilson is, uh, but she was the pastor of MCC Los Angeles, Founders MCC, way back in the 80s okay. and, and into the 90s. And she is this wonderful feminist, powerful peacemaker, justice seeker, uh, and, and was an incredible pastor to all of us at MCC. Um, and uh, she told me many years ago that, you know, of all the people at MCC, I was the one that would reach out to the entertainment world that would reach out to the world of, of movie stars and TV celebrities and things like that, that, that I seemed to be moving in that direction. And I thought, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to survive AIDS, and I'm trying to be of service at the AIDS hospice as a chaplain. Um, and you know what? She was right. It happened. And yeah. I, I just can't help but feel that this was my destiny. It was going to happen. And, and other people could see it, and I didn't. You know, I didn't for the longest well, time. And it's been a wonderful surprise. You did that surprise. interview in good faith, you know. 19, I mean, that was a scary thing. I mean, yeah. At, yeah. at that time, there were people who were very evangelical Christians in the world right. that thought that gay people right. should be killed. I mean, to yeah, do that, that plus, absolutely. And, to, and the, and the, uh, the, op, and the, the opposite side of that is gays. That's so radically hated Christians that you could be ostracized mm-hmm. just for telling somebody that you were a Christian. So, exactly. um, yes. you were stuck in the middle of, you know, between a rock and a hard place. And the fact that you were brave enough yeah. to do that and brave enough to yeah. put yourself on the radar and not be scared that some, somebody who had, you know, a very dangerous idea of what Christianity was would come and take it out on you in some kind of violent way. Um, yeah. I mean, that was a very brave thing for you. It was a very brave thing for her to do. She could have somebody yeah, dangerous could have shot her on the street you know, for daring to interview somebody like that. So it was, um, and I, as I was watching it, it, I kept thinking that as I, as I was watching it, I kept thinking that I hope that some moms, Christian moms that worshiped her were, and there were so many, right. Were nicer to their kids when they found out they were gay. Oh God. I hope so. I, I think that did happen, actually. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I'm told by friends uh, of hers uh, from back then that it rocked that world um, and, and that it changed a lot of minds about gay people and about people with AIDS. And indeed, uh, you know, I've become great friends with Jim and Tammy's son, Jay, uh, and Jay Baker uh, is a pastor. Uh, and he has a very small church, but a large, ga- a large uh, following online. Nothing like his parents had, but uh, you know he he's online and and uh, and you can watch his message every Sunday, which I try to after Founders service. And um, he's a wonderful guy, and we've become great great friends. 
And he's told me that he was 10 years old when that interview, my interview happened. And, uh, and he said it changed his family. His mother started taking him and his sister to MCCs, to gay-friendly churches. To, uh, she started taking them to AIDS hospices and teaching them about ministering to people who were dying from AIDS. And she took them to gay pride parades and LGBTQIA parades, you know, and she became uh, the, the head of the, you know, the, what do you call it, the grand marshal of a number of our pride parades. Sure. And, um, <clears throat> and she spoke at MCCs and, you know, it was just, she had a ministry beyond, uh, beyond that televangelist conservative world. And that interview, Jay told me, is the straw that broke the camel's back for Jerry Falwell and Pat Robertson. They I saw was my just interview say with Tammy Faye, uh-huh. and they uh-huh. decided Jim and Tammy had to come down. They had to be stopped, uh-huh. and they did. Yep. They brought them I down. I saw that, and I could tell that in the film, right, that that was the straw. Yeah. Then he yeah. decided he had to take PTL over for himself, which then he, of course, exactly. also ran into the ground. I mean, it seemed like exactly. Jim Jim was one of those people that I like to call morally questionable, like kind of a fence-sitter, but very mm-hmm. malleable. Mm-hmm. And I think he sort of mm-hmm. followed her into the good. And then when he became involved yeah. with those other pastors, he kind of followed them into the greed. But I exactly. think had he not run into them, <laughs> he would have it. stayed in more of a pure place with her. Because he didn't seem so mm-hmm. anti all of that until the others jumped in and kind of got on his back. I mean, I, and I think there was a purity yeah. to what they did and everything about her, you know, the makeup and the clothes and the singing and the theatrics, like she was, uh, she was very show busy. And so oh, yeah. I think the gays just naturally loved her because she was a oh, diva. Yeah. I mean, that, not a diva in, exactly. in her personality, but I mean, she was like a, a she looked like a diva icon. And exactly. Um, yeah, and I think she probably think embraced that because I would imagine, I would imagine that gay men probably were nicer to her than all of that sort of misogynist background that she had come. From. Oh, before she died, she often said, and she as she as a matter of fact, she said it on on Larry King the day before she died on the Larry King interview she did. Um, she said that when PTL fell apart and the scandal broke and all of that happened, it was the gay community that saved her. And she said that publicly. And, and uh, you know, a lot of people have forgotten that, but she really had gay men particularly rally around her and drag queens, a lot of drag queens and transgender people gathered around her and held her up and, and helped her survive uh, there in, in Palm Springs, uh, where she spent a lot of her last years. Uh, and, and do you remember the yeah. Jim J. Bullock, Tammy Faye show? I mean, yeah. oh my you God, know, can't get much gayer Fantastic. than Jim J. Bullock. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Also, was, also a lovely, very serious. sweet man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they were very close, Absolutely. weren't they? Oh, they were indeed, yeah. And you know, uh, RuPaul was the person who did the who narrated the documentary about Tammy Faye. It was RuPaul. I mean, you know, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. The drag queens adore Tammy Faye. At the New York City premiere, I, I went to the New York premiere, and they had a hot pink carpet instead of a red carpet for the premiere. Oh, that's awesome. and, and there were all of these drag queens there, and they loved Tammy Faye. And they loved Jessica, and Jessica loved them, and they posed together, and and they loved me too. Aww. And I I had some great pictures with this family, family of drag queens, who who were like the families in in what was the name of the of the show Pose? Was that it? With Billy? Oh Tom, yes, 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 yeah. Oh God, that's such a Billy good Porter. show, isn't it? Oh isn't yeah. It so I mean, but the, there were these families. Uh, and they gathered around Tammy Faye and helped her live and supported. You know, Jay once told me that he thought that uh, a much better ending for the film, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, would have been, rather than having her singing at, at Oral Roberts University, the Battle Hymn of the Republic, you know, with this fantasy choir behind her. Uh, spoiler alert, too late, I know. But oh, anyway, yeah, that's she, okay. And it. Instead of having instead of having that as the ending, they should have had Tammy Faye teaching a bunch of drag queens to sing "Jesus Loves Me" at an at a pride parade. Oh my God, fantastic! Isn't that fantastic? Because that well, really and, and think of all of the, you know, one of one of my and I know you're too. One of my missions as a minister working at a queer church is for mm-hmm. to bring gays back to spirituality, right? Whatever kind of spirituality they want. Yeah. doesn't have to be Christianity. Because I feel yeah, bad that so exactly. many folks have kind of thrown the baby out with the bathwater, right? Rejected spirit yeah. because their church yeah. told them they weren't enough and oh, lost their spirituality right. and lost their yeah. belief in spirit and the paranormal and their right. own afterlife and, and all of that. So I think she probably helped so much at that time when so many gays oh, yeah. went completely into atheism to help sort of oh, bring yeah. spirituality back to them. And that's a, oh, yeah. that's a beautiful thing if you, if you want it. it Not sure everybody is. wants it, but if you want yeah. it, it's a wonderful yeah. thing. You are fantastic, my friend. Will you come do this again? And congratulations on all your success of course. and the Oscar luncheon. Oh, my and- love. Oh, thank you, Sheena. I'm just so appreciative of this opportunity to have a great conversation with you. It was I cannot wait to I, see your face, I, I and I you. loved being with you. Where can people find you <laughs> online, sweetheart? Where can people uh, find I'm, you and get to know you? Well, I am at Reverend, Rev. Steve Peters. I'm still dancing on Facebook. I am on Instagram at, what is it, hashtag A.S. Peters, or is it uh, uh, okay. star? It's A.S. at A.S. Peters. I think it's at A.S. Peters. At A.S. P.I.E.T.E.R.S. Uh, that, uh, that's me, and then at, on Twitter, I am. That's where it's hashtag A S P I E T E R S, I think. Or is it at there too? Beautiful. Uh, anyway, you can I find me. It's... You can find me online there, and um, and I have uh, you know an increasing amount of. Uh, oh God, I don't know. Look for my memoir. Soon, I hope. All right. <laughs> it's called I Keep On Dancing. I Keep On Dancing, My Journey my Through Age. You'll have, you'll have to come back right. and we'll have to do that again. Thank I would you for love being it. here. I love and love adore it. you. 
I think you are such a wonderful, beautiful, bright light in this world, and I don't know what I would do without oh. you. And uh, oh. um, keep keep doing what you do, my friend. The wonderful Reverend Steve Peters, everybody. Isn't he fantastic? If you missed anything, you can find all of that information on my website, which is SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. You can find this show at RaisingTheVibrationRadio.com. My nonprofit is at RaisingTheVibration.org. LiveParanormal.com is the network. And look for us on all of our beautiful affiliate families, including iHeartRadio.com. You can find me everywhere on social media at Sheena Metal. That's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter. Find me there, follow me, and you'll know what's going on with me. Till I see you next Tuesday at 5 o'clock Pacific time, seek peace. Live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity, always raise your vibration. I'll see you next time. I love you all. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.